And boom, just like that, we're on. All right. What do you think of that? You like that? I like it. So before we uh, get into, there's a lot to get into today, Jamie, as you know. (laughs) You actually know better than I do how much there is to get into. But when I just saw you downstairs, and we'll get to this dashing gentleman to my right shortly, (laughs) uh, you said, it's so cold, the well froze. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm getting the unshowered version of you. Which looks great, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I made my hair a little bigger to overcompensate for okay. the fact that I couldn't shower. I'm intrigued by the well. Wait, so first of all, who has a well? It's 2020. <laughs> what are you doing? Um, <laughs> well, I do. I live up Mount Charleston, so it's, you know, it's kind of rural. I'm on acreage because I have horses and a farm. So a well is sort of ideal when you have a lot of animals because it's a lot cheaper. You don't actually have to pay for water every month. And so how, I, this is like a dumb question. So like when you wake up and you want to turn on the sink, mm-hmm. you have to go out and like pump the well. Is that how it works? Or do no, I not no. know what the hell I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, you don't yeah, know I what the hell nothing. you're talking about. I'm a city slicker. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about any of this, AJ. I, I know nothing. You know no, there's actually, <laughs> there's like a pump that pumps it into a smaller tank from okay. the larger tank. And then that smaller tank is what feeds your house with the hot water heater and all that. Right. So that you get your hot and cold water. But if the pump freezes, which is what happened today, I can't get the switch to kick on, so it won't fill the smaller tank that actually goes into the house. So I have to get that pump. All of that is above my pay grade. (laughs) Truly, it's above mine too. But you know, I've had to learn to do a lot of shit that I never thought I would have to learn how to do. Really? Yeah. And so you, but you chose this this to live out there with the well. Well, yes, I've always chosen to live on a farm. I okay. love my animals. Yeah. And how many do you have? So you've you've I have seventeen. Seventeen? Yeah. Can you break it all down? Sure. I have Annie, my boxer. Okay. I have uh, three pot belly pigs. I have Cinderella. <laughs> she lives in the house. And then I have two uh, rescue pigs, Bella Bacon and Curly Sue. Stop right there. Rescue pigs? How yeah. does that even work? Like Well, remember when the whole um the whole like teacup pig thing was going on <laughs> where people wanted like these little miniature pigs, yeah, I do, which is actually. really actually not a thing. Right. Cause Cinderella, you know, she was actually a teacup pig, Okay. but she weighs more than I do. She weighs like 150 pounds. And, um, so a lot of people kind of jumped on that bandwagon and got a bunch of little teacup pigs. Right. And then as they started to grow up, People just abandon them. So rescues have taken on all of these potbelly pigs now. And so I have so the, the, two of the rescues. So the teacup pigs are really false advertising because Absolutely. That's just There's like no saying a puppy. Thing. Right. That it's not gonna grow up. Right. And all teacup pigs grow up to be big fat pigs. Well, you can probably find some that are probably gonna be less than a hundred pounds, maybe like fifty to seventy five if okay. you're lucky. But Generally speaking, yeah, they're going to be 100, 150 pounds. Like the two that I have outside are actually more than 150 pounds. And like you pet these pigs. They're, yeah, of course. Like everyone says they're Cinderella, smarter than dogs. Is oh, that true? Oh, they're very smart. Yeah. yeah. They actually have the mentality of like a five to seven year old. Okay. So Cinderella is <laughs> like having a full-time toddler that is very bossy <laughs> and very manipulative. She gets on the couch and she snuggles with me and she just uses the dog door, same as my dogs. And Okay. Yeah. Okay, so so a bu- there's a boxer, there's four yeah. pigs. Three pigs. Three pigs. Three pigs. And then I have a little Maltese, Fonzie. He's 18. <laughs> and then I have four horses. I have Blinking, I have Pokey, I have Desi, and I have Barbie. 
Okay. And then I have my bull. Blinky, like from Pac-Man? No, Bling King. Oh, Bling King. Like King of Bling. King of Bling. Got it. Okay. Yeah, he's the king. Be a test on this later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah right. <laughs> I'm definitely gonna fail it too. Yeah. <laughs> and then I have uh, Rough Motherbucker. He's my bull <laughs> that just retired this Your last bull. week. Yes, he's my bucking bull. Okay. Yes, and then I have some birds. Oh. And they're a long story. I just call them Larry and the Harem at this point. Like, because, yeah. What, I had, what kind of birds? Well, they're parakeets, but a okay. friend of mine had bought me two parakeets for um, like a gift one time, and I had Dolly Parton and Grace Kelly, <laughs> and then Dolly Parton passed away, and Grace Kelly was so heartbroken. Like, she just wouldn't eat, wouldn't drink, wouldn't sleep, nothing. Mm. So I ended up going to find her a companion so that she wouldn't, you know, get sick, and then I ended up getting a white al- albino bird which I had no idea that there was even such a thing. Yeah, but they had told me it was a female because I wanted, obviously, to not have more babies. Well, Lita Ford turned out to be Larry. So Larry <laughs> is now just dubbed Larry in the harem because they all look just like Larry because now Grace Kelly has actually passed too. So now it's just Larry and his crazy inbred offspring that I don't, I can't tell any of them apart. Got so it. it's just Larry in the harem. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Wow! I know only I would end up with an albino bird that right. you know just wants to. So do you have how close is the closest neighbor? Probably about a mile away is my oh, closest. Oh, okay. Wow. So yeah, you're, you're way out there in your own little. Just the way deal. I like it. And you have cell service. I do. Okay. Limited, but yes. Wi-Fi. No. Sort of. No. No. No Wi-Fi. Wow. Mm-hmm. But on Instagram, it looks like you're in the city all the time. It looks like you're on the strip, like, a lot. Is it just... Well, I just show people what I want people to see. Got it. Right? Okay. And <laughs> yeah. so, so what's a typical day for you out there? Um, Taking care of the whole squad. Yeah, I get up early. I'm usually woken up by Cinderella or Annie, one or the other. And I feed all of them. I go out and feed the horses, feed the pigs, um, come in, have my breakfast, kind of do my social media stuff that I have to do. Um, that's pretty much it. And I go to the gym and do whatever jobs I have that are, you know, going on that day. And yep. they all kind of vary. I don't have like a set schedule with that stuff. So, and the drive to come in when you, you're just used to it, you've, you've made it so much, like it's no big deal to yeah. you. And it's yeah. probably nice to have some alone time away from the, the animals from the zoo. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. But I prefer them a lot more than I do people. So works for me. Well, you've had some bad experiences with people. I have. Hey, I'm sitting right here, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, so uh, let, let's get into some of that. Um, okay. So I saw, obviously, there's been some TMZ articles. I don't know how accurate uh, all that stuff is that I read on TMZ, but do you want to, why don't you just tell, tell uh, give us a, give us a brief uh, overview of, of brief what happened overview. here. Well, yeah, I mean, we'll, <laughs> we'll get into it in detail, but uh, for those that don't know, you you have uh, you've got some an issue with a uh, pretty famous boxer. Yes. Um, well, I went on a girls' trip to Big Bear, California, um, in June of 2018. So it's going on coming up on two years now that I'm still dealing with this. But um, I went for a grand opening for my friend's gym, and I ended up meeting Sergey Kovalov at this gym at the grand opening, and he kind of. Just latched onto me, you know, for lack of a better term, and followed me around like a little puppy all night. Wouldn't really take no for an answer. And um, later on that night, followed us back to our cabin, uninvited. 
and ended up assaulting me, punching me in the face and kicking my dog across the room and broke my nose and two different places and displaced the neck, disc in my neck. And um, he was arrested. Um, he bailed himself out. I was in the ER when he bailed himself out there in Big Bear. And the next morning came back to my cabin again and was hiding in the bushes outside my cabin on Sunday. And the police got called again. The police came. They gave me an emergency protective order for the rest of that weekend. Um, he kind of disappeared. And I've been dealing with it ever since. Wow. Now, when he... So he didn't even... You met him that night. Mm -hmm. So he didn't have your phone number or anything like no, that. No. I never, I never gave him my phone number. And how did you see him in the bushes? Like, just... Hard, I just hard to miss. I guess he's a yeah, big guy, I mean, right? I mean, yeah, a, I mean, I came out. I was actually coming outside to get some stuff for Annie out of my car, and he just started calling my name. He was hiding in the bushes next door to the cabin that I was renting, and the screen door was kind of open, so I screamed to my friend, like, "Call nine one one! Like he's right. back here again!" And because that was scary, because you're still busted up, right? Well, yeah, from, it was from... just like a few hours before that. I had just gotten out of the emergency room, so and. Why? I mean, do we know why? Like, was he drunk? Was he... No, I think he just isn't used to somebody not giving him what he wants. And I think he doesn't like being told no. Yeah. And so when he was there, I mean, like, was he... Do you think, was he coming to apologize? Or do we even know? Like, like <laughs> no. Like, did he have... No. Nobody well... told me this was a comedy show. <laughs> yeah. No, he wasn't coming to apologize. The first time I... he came back, the night. I'm sorry, the night of the assault... He actually ran out the door and took off with his friend after he punched Jamie. Right. And then the cops came, and while the cops were there, he came back. That's how he got arrested. And when they arrested him, he mm -hmm. had a lot of money in his pocket, and the cops told Jamie that they thought he was He's coming back to try to buy her off. But it's going to cost him a lot more than that. Right. Can't fit all that in the pockets. No, he's going to need a briefcase. Right, right. Maybe maybe <laughs> yeah. a truck. Hey, back it up. Right? Um, yeah. And so. so this had to be so scary. It was scary. I mean, have you ever had anything like that? Never. I mean, that's that's a pretty crazy thing for me just to be yeah. punched by a, by anyone, let alone a, a, a man, let alone a professional boxer who gets paid to punch people for a living. Right. Um, that had to be really rough. It was. Um, and so then what, in, do you still have injuries today? So this was two years ago, right? A little yeah. over two years ago? It, well, it was June 9th um, of 2018. So it's coming up on two. Yeah. Okay. Coming up and on two. so do you still have issues? Yeah, I still have a lot of issues. Um, I've had four surgeries so far. Um, I've had two major rounds of like crazy injections in my neck and back um, where my doctors had told me they couldn't even really tell what all was going on in my neck until um, they did these injections because I had so much fluid built up in my spine and my neck from like the trauma of it. Um, but it turns out that I had a disc that was displaced in my neck. So I had a um, ACDF surgery here, which is the scar on my neck. And um, that was in April of last year. I had that surgery. Um, and obviously I still have a lot of pain there and a lot of, um, challenges with that recovery, just with my lifestyle and living on a farm. And, um, you know, I've always been really active in the gym and just my day to day life is really active and a lot of lifting of, you know, hay and things like that. And that's right. still challenging for me. So right. the cold today is brutal. Yeah. You know, anytime it's really, really cold, it's definitely more taking more of a toll on me for sure. 
Um, my nose was broken in two places and I had um, reconstructive nose surgery in June and um, I still, it's not, still not the same. My nostrils are still crooked and I'm still kind of collapsing on the top and it just runs constantly. So, wow. yeah. Did you even see the punch coming or like, I do didn't. you even remember? Like, Honestly, I I don't really. I mean, you it had happened. a concussion too, right? Yeah, I had a concussion too. Um, when he when he pushed my dog initially, we were sitting on the couch, and how it initially happened was he and I were on one couch. My friend at the time was on another chair with his friend, and my dog was kind of sitting next to me on the couch, and Sergey was kind of just over the top of me, and he was kind of just really aggressive, kind mm -hmm. of trying to make out, and we were kissing a little bit. And when he started to just get really aggressive and I was starting to get uncomfortable, I think my dog sensed that I was uncomfortable. So my dog kind of stood up on my leg. And when she did that, she kind of put herself in between he and I because he was at this point, he was sitting on the floor and he was like kind of over the top of me where I couldn't really get up. Yep. And so she was standing right here on my leg and he just shoved her. And when he shoved her off the couch, it kind of was my window to get out from underneath him. And I grabbed Annie and I took her into the kitchen and I was holding her by the collar um, to just kind of put some distance between us. Yeah. Like where I was like, okay, you guys need to go. Like right. I've had enough. And I had already told him multiple times, like, I just want to go to bed. I'm tired. I have to get early in the next morning. And even and if right now at this point, stage you're still not thinking oh this guy's gonna take a swing at me no right? i mean he was making me nervous for sure he was really aggressive right. um but no that's really the last thing i sure. thought but when he pushed my dog obviously i was upset about that and i took her in there i didn't want anything else to happen and so i was holding her i was telling him i wanted them to leave his friend kind of got up right away and was kind of over um by the doorway and my girlfriend at that point had stood up and was over by the doorway waiting for them to go out. But Sergey just kept arguing with me. Like he kept um, like trying to convince me almost like, well, I didn't hurt her. You know, like I didn't hurt right. your dog. Like, oh, baby, I love you. And he kept saying this in this Russian accent, you know, of, it was just um, he just didn't want to take no for an answer, right. which is how he was the whole night. And so um, I just kept saying, no, I want you guys to go. And his friend said something to him in Russian. And it seemed like his friend was trying to convince him, like, dude, we got to go. Like, right. let's get out of here. Right. But Sergey just wasn't listening. And he just kept trying to say, you know, he wanted to keep hanging out. And um, so then... How many uh, other people are there? Just the four of us okay, and okay. my dog. Okay. Yeah. And so um, Sergey kind of turned like he was going out the door because his friend was already standing. There was like a porch on the cabin. And there was, like, the main door that kind of swung into the cabin, and then the screen door swung out. And he was kind of standing out on the patio by the screen door. And then Kovalov was, like, kind of standing more in the doorway, like, next to my girlfriend. And But he had turned his back, like he was going out the door. So when he did that, I let go of Annie, thinking he was just going to leave. Right. And he just turned around for some reason, right at Right when he got to the door, he turned around. And, and at that point, Annie was kind of standing by my girlfriend by the door. And he just turned around, and I mean, my girlfriend and I both described it the same way. It was like his face just changed. Like there was something came over his face, and he just looked at my dog, and he looked at me, and he kicked Annie across the room. And I mean, Annie's like, not a like, small like, dog; like she's a, a like boxer. You'd, you like know, you'd kick a soccer ball kind of kick. Yeah, I mean, she's seventy pounds, so wow. it's not like she's a little dog. Sure. And he kicked her across the room, and I screamed. My girlfriend screamed. Like he just kicked Annie. 
I ran around the counter of the kitchen to go to Annie and I bent down to like feel her. And I think I was in shock. My dog was in shock. Everybody was kind of in shock. And he was still standing there because by the time I stood up and I don't even know what he was doing during the time that I was like knelt over Annie, like trying to feel her and make sure she was okay. Um, I just remember wanting to say, like, get the fuck out, basically. And right. I don't even think I actually got those words out before when I stood up, he just hit me. And then as soon as he did that, my nose just exploded and blood was everywhere. And I just screamed, he just broke my nose, called 911. And my girlfriend called 911 and his friend took him out and they left. And then the cops probably got there. They were so fast. They probably got there within five minutes. And... I mean, I was dealing with my nose and trying to get the blood to stop, and I was worried about my dog, and um, the police were taking our statements and stuff during that time, and shortly after that is when Kovlov came back, and his friend was gone. He came back by himself, so I assume his friend was probably like, buddy, you're on your own. You sure. just did something <laughs> like, crazy. Yeah, I'm out, man. Yeah. Like, what did and you do? And so he left, and that's how Kovlov got arrested, and then um, I went to the emergency room. And they did all my x-rays and CAT scans and everything. And the police officer who had arrested him came to the ER to get all my records and stuff to put in with the police report. And, yeah, that's pretty much how the whole nightmare started. And then Sunday, like I said, I got up. Well, I mean, I never really even went to bed. We got there shortly before, like, the sun came up. I mean, it was probably, like, 5 o'clock in the morning. And... I laid in bed for, you know, a couple hours, but I couldn't breathe and my nose kept bleeding and Annie was like on guard about everything. So I kind of just laid there and when I couldn't lay there anymore is when I got up and went to go outside and get the rest of her stuff out of my car. And that's when he was out there in the bushes. And that is a crazy story. Yeah. And, and you were there that weekend for an opening of a gym. Right. Is the, your friend that owns the gym, is he friends with? Like, is that how he ended up there? Well, he was training him, I guess. Or they, like, he okay. was training in that gym there in Big Bear at the time. So I guess he had, I can't remember who he was fighting right after he did this to me, but whoever he fought right after that, he was there training to fight him. Was it Canelo, him. maybe? Or, no, 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 Canelo that was, was the most recent one. Okay, yeah. got it. Got yeah. it. He's fought four times since right. he fought yeah. Jamie. So, uh, so he's basically turned my life si- upside down for the last two years, but his continues to go on like nothing's ever happened. I mean, it turns out he's married, he has kids. like And was married at the time? Yeah, yeah, and never told me any of that. I mean, I knew he had a little boy. He had showed me a picture of his little boy at the gym. But he left um, out one minor detail. Yeah, I'm sure that doesn't <laughs> does really go along with <laughs> actually, uh, you know, trying to hit on somebody, I'm sure. Right. Telling me you have a wife probably doesn't work out real well. But. And how soon did that whole ordeal end up on TMZ? Um, You know, it, first was a, time. it was a while because okay. almost what it was the fir- January last January I think is the first time TMZ aired anything because we had finally filed our lawsuit but on the advice of my attorneys I hadn't really talked about anything that was going on I didn't post anything on social media cuz I just didn't want my face out there like that I didn't right. want my nose was all crooked and And was part of you even afraid to tell people like Yeah I mean absolutely I mean there were all kinds of rumors about you know Russian mob and all the stuff surrounding it and that was scary and right. um She's you been know. getting death threats almost continuously yeah, I mean, since this happened. She has? Yeah. Yeah, I get them constantly on social media from all of his followers. And I mean, I don't know who everybody right. is, but right. 
yeah, but there's there's nothing that anybody will do. They keep saying the same thing is, you know, until he does something, we can't do anything. I'm like, well, he's already broken my neck and broken my face. Like, what else does he have to do before somebody's actually going to do something about it? Isn't it crazy how over the last, I mean, maybe it's always happened, but it just seems more prevalent now. But like, victims become the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, our the problem with our criminal justice system is that in a, in a case like of a crime like this, the system treats Jamie like she's a witness, not like she's a victim. They right. want they want her testimony, they want her story, they want to help her to help put him in jail, but there's nothing there that they can do for him for her, and there's nothing they can do to protect her against his we assume people that know him who are threatening her. And I mean most of them are probably idle threats, but it only takes one that isn't before sure. it's a nightmare. Sure. And she you know, we consulted with the police and the police say until they actually do something you know, and she lives out in the middle of nowhere by herself. By the time they do something, you know, it's going to be too late. Right. So, and that's nerve wracking, right? To, yeah. To look, like you feel like you're always looking in the mirror or looking always. over your shoulder and mm-hmm. wow, what a terrible thing. I'm so sorry that you went through that yeah. and you continue to go through that. Um, and so now I, I read again, I, everything I've seen is just whatever I got off of TMZ. So it looks right. like you had a court date, but then it got postponed. You want, oh, you want me to talk about this, or do you want to talk about this? Um, I'll talk about it. Okay. I mean, she knows it as well as I do. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, we've had so many court dates. On the criminal side, because there's, well, there's three cases going on now. Okay. So there's the criminal, which is his felony charges, which the DA, the San Bernardino DA is prosecuting. So it's the people versus Kovalov. Yep. So that was the latest one that just got delayed, because we were supposed to go to trial for that back in November. And that got postponed because of Thanksgiving. And then I was assured by the DA that as of his January 6th, I think it was, court date, that we would be setting a new trial date within 60 days of that date. Instead, he got there. He fired both of his previous attorneys, I'm sure, as a strategy to delay it more. And they gave him another extension. So now it's not till April 8th where they'll even set a trial date. So then it could be well past two years before we even get a trial date on that. Mm -hmm. The civil side, um, I'm obviously suing him on the civil side for injuries and all of that. And we don't even have a trial date for that until January of 2021. And we went to a mediation in October. Um, The mediation was... um, disappointing at best, (laughs) but, um, we did think that we came to some type of agreement with, um, with him and his promoters and his people. Um, was that the 650,000 settlement that I read about? Which was just on the civil. Okay. But then, uh, his promoter actually made one payment. It wasn't Kovalov that made the payment. It was his promoter because he claimed he didn't have any money. So we agreed to take payments after his Canelo fight. Well, then when his next payment came due, he never made it. So now there's a breach of contract lawsuit also for that one. So it's just a mess. It just continues on and on and on and on. And so when he misses the the remainder of those payments, does that, that agreement essentially kind of becomes null and void and you're starting over from scratch? Well, the, the case that we thought we had settled isn't settled, so it's just continuing. Right. And then we filed a new lawsuit in federal court in Los Angeles for breach of contract, seeking the, the $400,000 that he owes her under that contract. But even if he came now and said, I'll pay, you know, we'll settle the breach of contract and I'll pay you, the original lawsuit is still there, and, and that would be a separate thing that they would have to address. Got it. So, um, yeah, it's pretty disappointing. 
And there's no way to speed any of this up. It's just that's just the system, <laughs> that's right? All that's that's, the, flaw. that's the flaw yeah. of the system, right? And that's and, yeah. and honestly, I mean, I do this for a living, and so I'm really familiar with it. But I deal with clients every day who are just amazed that anything, nothing happens quickly in court ever. Right. You know, um, I mean, anytime the court says, "Hey, you have to do something." They give you at least 30 days to do it, and then the other side gets 30 days to respond, and before you know it, you know, two years have gone by, and we're nowhere near a trial. Right. Because And there are tactics that parties can do to slow things down, like, you know, you can fire your attorney and show up for your your uh, pretrial hearing with a new attorney, and uh, the court will just say, okay, well, this attorney has to get caught up to speed, so I'll give you another two months. Well, meanwhile, Jamie's sitting here another two months, right. you know, with, with a bunch of medical bills that she can't pay a bunch of other bills that she can't pay because she can't work. And, you know, as, as of right now, the the penalty Sergei Kovalov has paid for what he did is exactly zero. Yeah, he, that's he crazy. Hasn't, no, I mean, he hasn't paid the... a dime. He hasn't spent a day in jail. He hasn't even had to testify in court. Jamie's had to testify in court. But Kovalov has not had to testify in court. He has had to do absolutely nothing except occasionally show up somewhere. And so pretend crazy. he can't speak English, so they have to give him a Russian interpreter. Exactly. Yes. And then just continues to keep fighting. And then yeah. he just assaulted another woman on a plane yeah. last July. Really? So a year yeah. after doing what he did to me, and he's still facing felony charges for assault with intent to do great bodily harm, right. which is a felony charge, facing like four years in prison. He gets on a plane in Florida and he literally gets on this plane and assaults this woman sitting next to him, kisses her. She didn't want to be kissed. He starts throwing money at her, cussing at her on the plane, has to be removed off the plane. And all so they crazy. do yeah. is put him on another plane. It's yeah. like where in your head is like you're so unbothered and unworried about what you did to me and what you're facing criminally with right. what you did to me that you'll get on a plane in front of 200 other people on this plane and, and do, do this again. to someone else. Yeah. And still nothing has happened. And still they're letting him fight. Still he goes to Russia and fights another fight. And then he fights Canelo here in Vegas. It's like, at what point are you going to do something before somebody else gets hurt? Right. Like, it's not even just about me anymore. It's like, how many people are you going to allow this to happen to? And when you see that he's fighting in Vegas that time, and he's fighting mm -hmm. Canelo. Oh, I wanted security. I wanted. I told my attorneys, I'm like, I wanted to hire security. Like, I had... Friends come and stay with me. Like, I was right. worried, especially and, with all the threats I get every day. And did you even come down on the strip? Like, no. You, you're just, you don't even want to be around it. Mm -mm. That's terrible. Yeah. It's like being ho held hostage and you did nothing wrong. Yeah. But every day kind of feels like that. I mean, it's like I have to be so careful about what I posted on social media and, you know, a brand that I've worked my whole life to build. But I have to be careful of what I post, what I say, what I do. For two years now, and I'm not even the one that did anything wrong, you right. know? Like, it's turned my entire life upside down. I mean, up until a couple months ago, I hadn't even ridden my horses in over a year. That's the longest I've gone in my whole life without riding my horses. I mean, imagine whatever it is that you love the most in life, and somebody just takes that away from you. Right. But yeah, I still have to go out there and feed them every day and see them every day. But I can't even ride them. Like, it's just been a nightmare. And do you, like, what do you think that, 
it seems like boxer after boxer, football player after football player. I know, yeah, sure. I mean, maybe all sports. This there's been times, but it's like I don't feel like I see baseball players doing this stuff. I don't even feel like I see uh, the UFC fighters <laughs> doing this stuff. <laughs> you, you know, I don't know like, what Conor McGregor does in his spare time, well, but you know. Um, but like, it is, I think there's a difference because with football players and boxers. I mean, their their livelihood is basically doing violence to other people. Now, normally in their job, they do it within a set structure and rules and limitations and things like that, and with a purpose. But, you know, that, that's that's part of who they are as a person. That's why they get into those professional sports. Professional baseball players, not as much. You know, right. they, 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 they're just called on to be athletes, not to be, you know, interacting right. with other people in a violent way. But, uh, yeah, and, I mean, Koblov's had this problem. He, he killed a boxer in the ring back in 2011, you know, and uh, everybody, everybody said they call him Crusher because of his awesome punching power. And, you know, with Jamie, A, she didn't consent to it, and B, he wasn't wearing gloves, right. which he normally does when he punches people because right. otherwise he might hurt them, <laughs> you know. So, uh, yeah, the whole thing's ridiculous. But as far as the problem is, there's, it's so hard to hold anybody accountable. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, I mean, we can't, we can't seem to get him held accountable for his criminal act, we can't seem to get him held accountable for what he did to Jamie, and uh, but we're not going to stop trying. And legally, there's no way to like where a judge can can prevent him from fighting. Oh, I've asked. Uh, I've asked the DA. I've made. I've voiced my concerns multiple times yeah. about taking his passport. Like, why is he allowed to just? Because ironically, the girl he assaulted in July, my birthday's in July, and I had flown to Miami for my birthday. And I, I was flying home from Florida like two days before he did this. What if I had been on that flight? Right. You know, but there's nothing preventing him from being on any flight I'm on or being anywhere that I am at this point. Have you ever talked to the girl from the flight? Oh, I've tried everywhere to find out? her yeah. and you can't find her anywhere. Okay. So I'm he assuming wasn't arrested. That, yeah. He wasn't arrested. So Wait, there's no way to correct no, He, he was punched him. a girl no, on didn't no, punch he, her. He, Oh, he, he held her hand and tried to kiss her. And kissed her. Okay. And then he threw money in her face and Got started it. cussing at her. And she said she wasn't comfortable being on the plane with him. So some guy who was on the plane had to actually intervene to get him off the plane because he started cussing and throwing money at her. So then the pilot came back and the pilot and that guy, I guess, got him off the plane. And then she didn't press charges for whatever reason. I'm assuming he probably paid her off, much like he tried to do to me the night that he came back to my cabin. Right. And she disappeared. So, yeah, he just got on a later flight. No big deal. But it was all over the news, like right before his fight in August. It was all over the place. And, you know, the New York Post put it out. Everybody did. And it was just like, oh, yeah, that's just Kovlov. You know, he just, that's what he does. Now, I know when when we put this episode up, I'll get a ton of DMs that say, you know, A, he's not here. We're only hearing one side of the story. There's two sides to every story. She must have done something to provoke him. She must have said something. Well, I I think that's the thing that really makes me the most mad in this whole situation is I don't care what anybody does. Like... Whether you're kissing someone, for all intensive purposes of the law, I could have been ready to have sex with Kovlov, and I was nowhere near that. Like, I was sitting on a couch with my dog. Mm -hmm. So, it it doesn't matter. Like, when somebody says no, and they're not interested anymore, it doesn't give you the right to do anything. It doesn't matter what I was wearing. It doesn't matter what I look like. It doesn't Mm -hmm. matter what I do for a living. I mean, have we not learned anything with Me Too and all of these things that are going on? It doesn't matter. Right. 
Like you don't have the right to put your hands on somebody when someone says no, period. 100%. So in my mind, there is no justification for what he did. There just isn't. Mm -hmm. There was no justification for him pushing my dog in the first place. There was no justification for him kicking her. And there's certainly no justification for him hitting me in the face. Right. So I just, to the people that want to say that kind of stuff, that just makes me crazy. Like, I don't understand how anybody could even throw that out there. And it's also not true that he hasn't had a chance to tell his side of the story. He could have testified at the preliminary hearing in the criminal trial, but he chose not to. Um, and the judge held it, bound it over for trial, saying there was enough evidence to go to trial. But he had his chance to tell his story to the DA. And his, you know what his story is? Are you sitting down? You're going to laugh. His story is that Jamie attacked him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This five foot, I don't know, whatever, three, four, five girl who weighs 115 pounds soaking wet. And he was so in fear for his life, he was just trying to fend her off and just accidentally bonked her in the nose while he was doing that. That's literally his story. The judge laughed. I'm when sure. his friend told that story at the preliminary hearing, the judge laughed out loud. So, yeah, we're hoping they tell that again at the criminal were there, trial. Were there pictures of that night of your Yeah, the, the DA has all the of DA that stuff. Yeah. yeah, and because and it's part could, of the criminal trial, I don't have access to any of that. Because what I saw on TMZ looked bad, but I didn't yeah. see, like, I read that either you or someone had said there was blood, like, everywhere, which uh, yeah. I, I can imagine. I mean, of course, it's it's a... Boxer hitting a woman. Yeah. I mean, the guys bleed when he hits them, let alone, you yeah. know, you. Um, no, there's there's pictures of all of that, but the DA has all of that. Um, Kovalov, actually, another interesting point is um, before we left the gym that night when I was my girlfriend and her husband's party at the gym, I was out in my car because they had had like an auction and I had won some stuff in the auction. So I went out to my car in the parking lot to put the stuff that I had won. And Sergey came out and got in my car. And when he did that, he actually left a bag of stuff that he had gone and gotten at Stater Brothers that night while I was still in the gym. So and he I he left the not only the bag of stuff, but his credit card receipt that he paid for it, what time he went there and got it, and it's paid for on his credit card. He bought four things, a bottle of champagne, a box of condoms, a pack of gum, and a pack of mints. <laughs> All on his credit card. And he left that in the floorboard of my car. So when my girlfriend came out from the gym, because I actually sent her a text, which is all a matter of evidence, too. I sent her a text at, like, what, 11-something. I don't know exact time, but whatever time we were getting ready to leave the gym. And I had sent her a text saying, girl, where are you? I'm out here fighting off fight, dude. Like, he won't get out of my car, you know? Right. And finally, she comes out of the gym, gets opens the door to my car. He gets out, and he's still trying to convince us to go to this after-party thing with him. And my girlfriend gets in, and we leave to go home to the cabin, and he had left that bag of stuff in the floorboard of my car, which I found on Sunday. So that's all. The DA has all of that stuff, too. It's right. like... I mean, it's a pretty good indication of what his intentions were, wouldn't you say? Sure, for sure. I mean... Uh, what did mom and dad... Are, is your mother and father still around? Yes. Okay, so what, I mean, what did they say when they heard all this? Horrified. I mean, obviously, yeah. my dad's, you know, super beside himself about everything that's happened and the fact that nobody's really done anything and the fact that it's still dragging out, you know? I mean, it's affected all my relationships. Sure. It's affected my relationship with my parents, with my friends, with people I've dated. Like, I was going to ask you about that. Like, has it made you a man hater? Or has no, it just made it dating just like... It's just made it more challenging. It's definitely made it to where I'm a lot more cautious about the people I let around me. Um, 
But yeah, I think it definitely scares me a little bit with dating. It scares me like, am I ever going to be able to go on a date with someone where I'm not afraid that telling them no or not wanting to go another step that they're going to do something bad or hit me or... Sure. I mean, yeah, it's scary. And it might even also be scary for a guy dating you, right? Like, because now he's, he's may read and go, shit, I don't want to deal with, what if I don't need I'm sure. this dude and his buddies or whatever coming after me or... Yeah. Well, plus, I mean, for the first year or so, I mean, I felt like I didn't even look like me anymore, you know? Right. So going through all the surgeries and the recoveries and a lot of that by myself was tough. So... But you're hanging in there. Look at you. Well, I'm doing my best. Yeah. Well, Kovalov didn't know who he was messing with. Yeah. She's way more than a pretty face. She's little, but she's strong. <laughs> I'm afraid of her. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's tough. I mean, she, yeah. she's I knew not... she was tough at well water. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> see? You see her. You see her throw a bale of hay around. You realize you're not dealing with the average model. You right. Know, it's, she's she's got some toughness to her. And so. If you could write down on a piece of paper what you'd want to see happen from all of this, what what do you write on that piece of paper? What happens? Oh, that's tough. Um, I guess I just want I want justice. I want for um, me to be able to pay my medical bills yep. and get myself out of the situation he's put me in there. Um, and I want to see him have to take accountability for what he's done. I want everybody to acknowledge that he's done something and right. that, you know, hold him accountable, you know, not just in his career in the boxing and all of that, but, you know, within our justice system and the courts, I want him to have to be accountable because so far he hasn't had to do anything. Do you think he would get more, there'd be more uh, backlash if he was an American fighter? I almost feel like it's like it gets the story, like obviously it made TMZ, but if this was Floyd Mayweather, people wouldn't stop talking. It would be on ESPN daily, right? Or no? Well, part of that's because he's not an American. Part of it's because he's not Floyd Mayweather. Um, I mean, he was, when he first, when Jamie met him, he was the light heavyweight champion of the world. So it's right. not like he's, he's some still schlub. still a big name. He's sure. Not, he's not some schlub at the corner gym. But right after he hit her, he lost his next fight, so he lost his belt. And then he came back in February of 2019 and won his belt back. And then he defended it against Anthony Yard. And then he lost to Canelo. So, I mean, there's been there's been talk about it, but it seems to be driven by the legal process. You see reports when something happens in the criminal trial, when we file a new lawsuit, when we, you know, do something, then TMZ wants to report about it for, you know, 18 hours, and then they are on to something else. Right. If I don't know if it were Mayweather, it would probably be a bigger story, a more constant story. But we also might have the problem that, you know, Mayweather already has a reputation. And so maybe... It, you know, it wouldn't be as sympathetic, but mm -hmm. this, the sympathy seems to run heavily in Jamie's favor, other than the Russian goons on social media right. who, who you know, just write what they write because they're cowards. But uh, people who meet her, people who talk to her, you know, she tells her story really well. And, yeah. and you know, it's easy to see that this wasn't just some, you know, some fleeting incident. This has had a deep, lasting effect on her life. She's never going to be over it. I mean, we found out when we went to... When we went to L.A. for the for the mediation in October, and she got flagged by security because she has a plate and four screws in her neck from her surgery. Right. So now she gets pulled out of the security line, and they have to wander down. And it's just you know a million. It little never things goes like away. That. No, yeah, it never just, does. It's going right. to be something that's going to affect my life forever. And 
you know, you guys talking about like it just is kind of a fleeting moment in the news here and there whenever something happens within our court system. But when he had first done this to me and he fought the first person, it was on ESPN then, like right before that fight. And they talked, you know, briefly about the fact that he had lost and maybe it's because, you know, he's going through all this legal stuff and he was just arrested for this assault and all that. But then it just goes away. And then he goes to another fight, another fight, another fight. It's like it just it baffles me that everybody allows him to continue fighting and that until, you know, something is resolved within it. And, you know, his promoter, you know, she claims to be this, you know, women supporter and feminist and has all these women that work for her. And yet she's supporting a man like Kovalov when she knows exactly who he is. Right. Yet she testified under oath at the pretrial that she's never seen him be disrespectful to women. Really? Like, you can watch any <laughs> interview he's done in the last 10 years and see how disrespectful he is to women. So, you know, you can talk a good game, I guess, about what your values are. But when you sell your values for, you know, money to basically keep this fighter on, you know, we kind of know who you really are and what you're really about. Like, and he settled this case at one point. Yep. Which, yeah, supposedly, right? but then he breached but that contract. He, he actually had to sign something to to yeah. settle it, and so, they gave us mm -hmm. money, right? And not not a small amount of money. But then, when the time came for him to pay money, because Kathy Duba paid his promoter paid the first payment, right? Because they claimed he was broke, even though he'd made twenty seven million dollars in his life at that point, and he's made twenty million more since he hit Jamie. But uh, when the time came for him to pay, he didn't. So, but he, yeah, he had to sign. He had to agree to it. He had right. to sign it. And uh, from what Jamie was saying, as far as in the boxing community, it's important to note when we first sued Kovalov, first of all, when, when there's coverage at his fights, they talk about the criminal trial. They say he's facing felony charges. He's facing four years in jail. Oh, and by the way, his victim is suing him. I mean, she's an afterthought, if anything. You know, they don't, yeah. they don't ever focus on her, even though she's the only victim in this entire thing. Right. But when we first sued him, we not only sued him, we sued every state that had ever licensed him to box, and we sued every boxing organization that had ever sanctioned a fight for him. Um, and the reason we did that was it gave us an excuse to hand the complaint to them, to serve it on them. So we wanted them all to be aware of who they were dealing with. Right. And uh, they're no longer defendants because obviously they're not, they don't think they're liable and it's not really possible to prove them liable, but it brought it to their attention. So they can't say they don't know who they're dealing with. They know exactly who they're dealing with. And they, you know, dollars talk. Right. Well, just I just think it's it's his mentality too, and the way that he handles everything. Just like the boxer that he killed in the ring in 2011. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, obviously that guy signed on, and you know, I'm I watched boxing my whole life with my dad. My dad's a big boxing fan and MMA fan. I mean, we've watched all that forever. And I mean, you signing a deal to go in and do that is one thing. When you both consent to go in the ring and fight, that's a totally different thing, sure, you know? Of and of course, you take those risks. But it's it's just the way that he was so nonchalant about it. Like, when you read how he even responded to, you know, people asking him questions about once the guy went into a coma and he passed away a couple of days later, they asked Kovalov how he felt about it. And he was just like, oh, that was a couple of weeks ago. I already forgot about that. Like, really? Like, right. you don't have any respect for anything. Yeah. It's just... It's just that kind of mentality that he has about everything. Yeah. It's like he can do whatever he wants and act however he wants. And all our justice system and all the people that surround themselves with him and, like, his promoter and everybody else are just sh proving him right. 
They're letting him get away with all the things that he does, and they do nothing about it to hold him accountable. So when is it going to stop? Right. I mean, sooner or later, he has to be accountable, right? You'd like to think so. Yeah, you'd like to think so. We hope that he'll go to trial, and, you know, the DA has told us that he's going to try to put him in jail, and we're still working on our end to get him, you know, to come back to... I mean, we don't. If, if we don't settle this case, it doesn't matter because we've got a trial date next January, and either in January or for the criminal after part. That. No, for the civil. Oh, part. Oh, for the civil part. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, so if he doesn't flee the country, case, which yeah, he's he threatened to, to do country. multiple times, right. like he'll yeah. just flee the country and yeah. they can't extradite him. And that's him, probably so. his strategy in his head, right? Which is like, I well, don't think he wants to give up. I mean, he because you got it. He's got to be able to fight in Vegas if he's going to make a, like a real living, right? Well, not only that, but he he owns a mansion in Newport Beach, California. He's a beach bum. He's you know, he likes the American lifestyle, and from everything we've learned, he hates Russia. He doesn't want to go back. Okay. But, I mean, he doesn't have to go back to Russia. He could leave right. the United States and go to, you know, the Bahamas and live there, and we can't get we Well, can't I don't care where he wants to yeah. live, but, I mean, he's used that as leverage yeah. in every step of the way, just like at a mediation. Yeah. That's how they the got only the reason I ever would have even come close to the number that we even tried to settle at was because he was threatening to leave the country. And right. I was like, you were just figuring I, something's better than nothing. Right. Can right. I pay my medical bills at least? Yeah. I like, think those were our exact words, actually. Which something is exactly is better what than I nothing. Said. Yeah. And I, I'll be the first to say, I mean, I was there. Jamie did not want to settle for that number. And I didn't want her to settle. Yeah, I don't for blame that. you. I mean, it but we in... both were like, no, if I we mean... walk out of here without settling, the odds are we're going to get nothing. Right. And, and it puts you in a least... shitty position, right? Because yeah. it's like you, yeah. you put her in a shitty position. Yeah. Yes, for sure. And, uh, but she, she made what I think was the smart decision at the time. But, you know, then he couldn't even live up to that. I mean, so. the original number, and jump in when if I say something that's, that's not accurate. Uh, <laughs> I believe it was $8 million that you were... Well, that's what we sued for. Well, and if we for, go to okay. trial, that's what we'll be asking for. Because it's <clears throat> she has a quarter of a million dollars in medical bills, and she right. still needs another surgery on her back that's going to be another quarter of a million. So she's going to have half a million dollars in medical bills by the time we get to trial. She hasn't been able to work since this, so that's, mm-hmm. you know, however much she makes a year times two years. Uh, well, three kinds, by the time we actually yeah, go to trial. Yeah, by the time we go to trial, it'll be three and a half or four. And, uh, you know, so that, that meter is running all the time. Uh, and then you have pain and suffering. I mean, she's been through yep. four horrible surgical procedures. She's going to go through another one. She suffers pain. She used to have pain and burning down her arms from the injury in her neck so bad that she ripped the backs of her hands off scratching them. She said it felt like she had fire ants all over her arms all the time. And she had to put ice packs on her arms just so that she wasn't in agony. Um, so you have pain and suffering and, and, you know, the inconvenience of having to go through what she's gone through. And then under California law, he's liable for punitive damages, which are damages assessed just to punish him. Because if all he did was pay her medical bills and pay her pain and suffering for a normal person, that might be enough to teach him a lesson. But for a guy that's made $40 million in his career, what does he care? I agree. So we want the jury to, we would be able to go to the jury and say, here's how much money he's made. How much do you think he should pay? as a punishment for what he did right. to make him not do it again. Right. And that we, we, we put in the number $5 million and that was before he you know, fought Canelo and all yeah. that. So that might go up. So that's where the 8 million came yeah. from. And I and, think that's a good number. It's like when, when, when a league finds a player 25 grand for something right. or saying something yeah, in a press conference. Like, what is that? Is like, that yeah. like, like, like Randy the, like, Moss said, he got, he got fined 20 grand once and he said, I wipe my ass with 20 grand. Right. Why do I care? You know, right. but the point being, 
I've, I've seen a lot of this because when, when we first did the settlement back in October, it was confidential and we agreed to keep it confidential. Well, then they breached it and we filed a, rescind, a rescission with the court. So it went away. And at that point, we were free to discuss what the settlement was. And I think this is the root of your question. There was a lot of stuff on, on the media about, well, you sued for $8 million and you settled for 650000 Well, first of all, a settlement by definition is going to be less than what you get at a jury of trial course. because both sides are, are, are eliminating their risk of going to trial. We go to trial, we risk getting nothing. I don't mm-hmm. think that's a huge risk, but it's there. Yep. Or we risk getting less. They go to trial, they, get, they you know, risk getting hit for more. What they want to pay is zero. What we wanted to pay is $8 million, so we come up with a number. We just wanted to make sure that Jamie's bills were paid, that her... Uh, that she had some money in the bank so that she could, you know, get her get her finances back in order and get on with her life and make up for the income that she's lost. And that was pretty much our only concern. And then we're fighting against the idea that he might run away from run, run away to Russia and we would get nothing. Right. So like you said, you know, something was better than nothing. But the 650,000 is a ridiculously it's low a joke. number I mean, for this. Yeah. It's yeah. a joke. I, I yeah. It's a joke. That's, that's, that's exactly actually Jamie's how I favorite felt. word for it. <laughs> I think like, you know, back if you remember like in the Mike Tyson days, like yeah. you'd watch that fight with your friends and then it would always the conversation would always come up like, mm-hmm. "I how much would you want to get in the ring with Mike Tyson?" I don't think any of us said yes to a million dollars. Maybe a no. couple people talking yeah. shit, but if they really came down to it, they're getting. And that nobody ring. said yes to six hundred fifty thousand. That's for sure. Certainly Plus, no. Yeah. Let him take off the gloves. Right. Let him hit you when you're not expecting it. Be a five foot three woman who weighs one hundred fifteen. It's pounds. insane. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it was it was not something yeah. I wanted to do. Right. I just felt like I've felt this entire she, time like I got bullied into doing yeah, it because it. sitting there, I'm listening to him, I'm listening to the mediator, and everybody's telling me. Well, you could potentially get nothing, and you're going to be stuck with a half a million dollars in debt, right? And never get anything from him if he flees. So, yeah. what are you going to do? So, I got bullied into taking that, and I've been bullied the entire time. This whole thing has happened. It's like not only through the justice system, but social media, everything. It's like you just keep getting re-victimized over and over and mm-hmm. over again. I mean, how many times I'm called a whore or a slut or, oh, well, you know, look at your pictures or look at you or you were making out with him or, you know, it, <laughs> yeah. like all those so things he, all so the he time. Was, it's he like, was entitled to punch you in the face because you were making out with right. him. Or our, or our personal favorite on online every day, she gets called a gold digger. Yeah. Like she just made <laughs> oh, this yeah, up out like, of thin oh, air. Oh, yeah, like, oh, gosh. Right. Like, yeah. yeah, let me have 650 grand and get punched all over right. again so I can have all these injuries. Like, yeah. Not a person in the world would ever. Of course not, want and it's so that. stupid. And it's so stupid when, it, when people take that. My life angle. was pretty damn good. Well, that's what I was going to say. Is like me, when so. you when you look like this and you live in Vegas, there's not really a shortage yeah, a of shortage finding of uh, doing suitable, whatever I want to do. Right. Like, I mean, that was the last thing that I yeah. needed to happen in my life. Right. Until this happened, I just I lived vicariously through Jamie, you know, through her <laughs> life. So. Right. Right. But uh, yeah, we're going to get her back there. That's the goal. Well, thank you for sharing the story. I mean, I hear the sincerity in your voice. I see it on your face. I believe every word of this thank that you. you've said to be true. And I really hope you, you get and you get justice served with this and, and get your life, um, you know, and, and, and just move on and, and deal with this the best you can. I think you, you seem to be dealing with it great. And it sucks that you got to go through this. And uh sounds like you got to rock star over here uh, <laughs> fighting for you, which is I'm great. I'm in the background where I belong. Yeah. She's, she's um, front and center. Is there anything uh, that we missed that, that we didn't cover that you want to get out there? I don't think so. 
All right. Well, thanks for thanks for sitting down. Yeah, thanks right. for having we'll, me. We'll right. come back after we resolve all. Yeah, this let's, do let's do that. Let's do that. I want. I definitely want the <laughs> That'll recap. That'll be a happier session. Yeah, let's, let's do the happier uh, session. Yeah. All right. Hang in there. Thank all right. you. All right. We'll see you next week.